Welcome to What the Fluff. I'm your host, Jay, and in this episode, I'm going to be reading more of Sinner's origin story, so I guess I should get right to it. The next day, I wake up early and head downstairs. I'm still at Dia's house, being slept on the floor in her room, seeing as there was nowhere else to sleep. Quietly, I head out the back door and sit on the back porch on the stairs heading out to the backyard. Sitting there, I reviewed the events of last night. I remember eating and talking, learning her parents' names, but at the moment, I can't remember them. I learned that I was right in my assumptions of their ages, her dad being 36 and her mom being 34. I also learned that Dia was also 12. And her birthday was actually the day before mine. One of the last things I remember Dia telling me was was that in the morning she was going to take me clothes shopping. Technically, I'm not naked, seeing as I'm completely covered in fur, the exception being my wings, which are covered in scales, but people still wear clothes. It's just that living out in the middle of nowhere, there are no clothes shops. Um, and by not wearing clothes, sort of... Labels see was being wild. I know that my mom still has all of her clothes from when she was a queen, as with some that she bought, bought when she was exiled with the little money she had left to her name, as well as other supplies. But she also doesn't wear them often, except when it's an important occasion. Also, last night I read the book my dad gave me, and I realized that it's a book about demons. But mostly the the one demon in particular, the shadow demon. The shadow demon is a demon that is born into people and stays with them, gaining more and more strength the more people it possesses. And over time, when it gets stronger, it will kill its hosts and then wreak destruction in its final form. And every person who carries this demon has shadow demon markings on their skin, but only the final host can use its powers. I am the final host. And the only way to stop it is to win the war that will rage on inside of the person. Keep the demon from gaining control. Also, the demon has not been seen in over 200,000 years. So most people have forgotten about it. It's the reason those people just disappeared. It's because of the demon inside of me. But while reading this, I decided that. I'm not going to go and let the demon take control of me. I will win and take control of it. I won't let it destroy everything. Suddenly, I hear the door open behind me and hear Dia saying my name. But instead of coming over to me, she keeps calling my name. Shadow, where are you? That's when I realize that she can't see me. Another part of being part shadow demon is that I can disappear into shadows, but I'm still learning to take control of that ability. Standing up, I walk over her, and as soon as I stand in front of her, I feel the shadows letting go of me. The small squeak of fright, she jumps back. Then when she realizes that, that it's just me, she glares at me and says, Whatever that was, please don't do it again. And how did she even do that? You just appeared out of nowhere in front of me. Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I'll have to tell you later of how it happened, though. Nodding, she grabbed me by the arm and pulled me inside and towards the table were two heaping plates of eggs and bacon. 
sitting me at one plate. She sat down next to me in front of the other plate, telling me that she cooked it. Chowing down on the food, she told me about her plans for me today. She planned on first buying me some clothes and taking me on a tour of the town and maybe go shopping for some other items. When I told her that I didn't I didn't have any money, she just laughed and said, said that it didn't matter. She would pay for everything. And when I asked how I could pay her back, she refused to let me do anything of the sort. 20 minutes later, we were at our first shop, called the Style Emporium. Walking in, I was greeted by the sight of rows and rows of clothes in hundreds of sizes, all organized into two halves, one side containing male clothes and the other containing female clothes. Walking through the clothes, I realized a couple of problems. First off, the clothes are all made for wolves, not half-breeds. And unlike my mother, I can't tuck my wings in tight enough to fit underneath clothes. When I bring this up with Dia, she tells me not to worry, that everything will be tailored to fit me perfectly. But before I can ask how they're going to do that, somebody else steps up and starts talking to her. So I walk off and start looking around. After a few minutes, Dia comes looking for me, and we head over to the changing room and start discussing clothes. A few minutes later, we have decided to go with jean shorts and a black shirt. They cut the shirt from my wings, making it so that way there's a channel on the back of each shoulder on the shirt that can be unstrapped from my wings to slide through and then can be seamlessly closed so it doesn't look too weird. Once I'm all fitted, Dia starts signing clothes for herself, using me as a judge of what I think looks good on her, which honestly, everything looks good on her. There was one dress that stood out above everything else. It was so heart-stopping that it's hard to even explain. Walking out of the, of the changing room, she's wearing a beautiful, sleek, dark gray dress that flows seamlessly into her fur, helping to, to bring out the fact that her dark gray fur has a slight dark azure tint to it. It also matches perfectly with her bright green eyes. Smiling, she asks me how it looks. Breathtaking, truly breathtaking, was my only response. Finally done shopping, she pays for everything, and the final price came to a staggering $120. Paying for it all without batting an eyelash, she drags me out of, out of the store with her wearing her original clothes and me wearing a pair that she just bought me. Looking a few blocks over, we stopped to get lunch, already having been out for a few hours by now. Over lunch, we end up talking about pretty much everything under the sun. But after a while, she asks a question that both makes my heart leap with joy and my gut clench in fear and a little bit of guilt. Shadow, can I ask you something? Smiling, I reply, sure, you can ask me anything. It takes her a moment before she speaks. In a quiet, nervous voice, she says, will you, will you go out with me? All of a sudden, my heart leaps with joy, but a second later... My gut explodes with fear, sadness, and guilt. Frowning, I say, you might want to reconsider that. Because I'm not so sure you would really feel the same if you knew what was inside of me. Without breaking a beat, she says, you're part shadow demon. Suddenly, my words set her off 
And the only thing I can ask is, how do you know that? I recognized your markings. So did my parents. And I want to be with you either way. I don't care what happens. I want to spend as much time with you as I can because of who you are. Maybe I can even help you stay in control. You make me feel special because you're my wish. It takes me a minute to process everything, but after a few seconds, I manage to make sense of everything she just said. The first thing I do is I tell her that yes, I will definitely go out with her. But the other thing I do is ask her what she meant by me being her wish. She goes on to tell me that, that when she was younger, she decided to risk going to a wishing crystal. Wishing crystals are a special type of crystal only found in one cave on the planet. They are magical in nature and can grant someone a wish, but they are also extremely dangerous. First of all, first of all, they are sentient and will judge anyone who enters. Very few pass the judging, and the judging is based on two factors. The first being what you wish for, and the second be- being how sincerely you wish for something. Those who fail even one of the tests are killed on the spot, meaning that for her to have been in there and come back is an insane feat. She tells me that when she was six, she snuck off and entered the wishing cave and wished to find someone to love and who would love her back, but not just any someone. She wished for someone special. She wished to find a half-breed. Listening intently, I realized that the crystals had listened and granted her wish in the form of me. As the old saying goes, there are no coincidences, only inevitability. Now, the crystals can't make it, it so that I was born or make people fall in love, but they can manipulate very, very small variables to help certain things have a higher likelihood of happening. They do this by using a rare form of magic only available to them called Furidol, otherwise known as fate weaving. After lunch, we headed back to her place where we dropped off her stuff. Then upon her insistence, we headed back to my home together with her parents. After a couple of hours, we finally started to come close to my house About 10 minutes from it, I decided to fly on ahead to drop off my new clothes and warn my mom of their arrival. Landing in front of our door, I push it open to find everything in pretty much the same state as they left it, minus my dad's body on on our table. The only thing that really seemed out of place was how quiet it was. Dropping my stuff off in my room, I immediately started to look for my mom. I finally found her in her room, lying on her bed. Walking over, I gently shook her shoulder to wake her up. It took her a bit, but finally she sat up. Upon seeing me, gave me a huge hug. But before she could ask any questions, I told her that we had people on their way. As if on cue, I heard a knock on our front door. Leaving while she got dressed, I went to the front door and opened it. And and letting everybody in... As everybody enters my, the house, my mother appears wearing one of her nicer dresses and introduces her herself to everybody. Both Dia and her parents are super excited to meet my mom. Dia not having told her parents who my mom was. My mom, being as cool as she is, handled it very well. After a while, my mom cooked everybody dinner. And over dinner, 
Dia dropped the ball on the whole table. Which pretty much played out better than I would have expected. Smiling at my mom, Dia says, Shelia, I just wanted to let you know that I'm currently dating Shadow. With wide eyes, my mom turns to me and says, Wow, Shadow, I didn't know you were a ladies' man. Tell me, when did your dad teach you that? Already burning with embarrassment, I decide that it can't get get any worse, so I reply, Back when he told, told me the story of how he went over your heart. That thing, my mom quickly replied with, He didn't win over my heart. I won his over, and I wasn't even trying. With that, the table chuckled softly at our easy banter. After dinner, everybody helped to clean up, and we all went to the sitting area and talked as it was getting late into the night. Dee asked if I, or asked a question that stopped both my mom and her parents. I was wondering if I could live here with Shadow and Shelia. If that's okay with you, Shelia. After a few minutes, my mom looked to Dia's parents and said, I don't mind her staying here with us and teaching her along with Shadow, as long as it's okay with you. Immediately after, both of Dia's parents agreed to let her stay here. Seeing as our house only has two bedrooms, though she would be sleeping with me, which I was totally fine with. Around one in the morning, her parents decided to leave, and we all went to bed. Everything went well, and I had n no more weird demon-related incidents up until about three years later.